Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Vegas, dude. We finally got Vegas in the books. The trip that's long overdue that I owe you, dude. We have it booked. We're going early March, dude. I'm starting to practice starting today. Yeah. uh, Hockey betting. I'm practicing, dude. Nice. Uh, So I did my analysis on today's games. And then do the opposite. No, dude. (laughs) I'm trusting my own analysis. Uh Uh-huh. And... All right. right. (laughs) Well, we'll see, dude. I'm going to go on record right now. I'll tell you... um, Well, actually, pull pull up the games, dude. Pull up the games. And and, uh, and there's there's a small slate today. And uh, we'll talk through... uh, If we were in Vegas... What I would put my money on, dude. So we've got Nashville at Winnipeg, uh-huh. Vancouver at Minnesota, Buffalo at Detroit, <laughs> oh, sorry. Pittsburgh at Arizona, Toronto mm-hmm. at Florida, and Tampa Bay at New Jersey. Right. So uh, just looking at these games, dude, with no analysis, right? What would you pick? Tampa. Didn't they just lose to New Jersey? Okay, but yes. So, so Tampa would, is the heavy favorite today, right? That yeah. that's probably around minus two twenty, which means yeah, you'd have to put good. if you bet a hundred dollars, you'd probably win forty. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um that would not be a game that I'd be interested in, even though you figured they have the highest likelihood of winning. Toronto's been pretty hot lately. They're on the road. That might give you decent odds. Um Nashville's got a new coach and they're on the road. That might be an interesting bet to see what the line is. Those are the games that that jump out at me at the moment. Okay, so let me talk you through my process here. All right, and you tell me what you think. Okay. I eliminated Tampa Bay, New Jersey off the bat because it's just too pricey, and I don't believe in the Devils, right? Uh, I eliminated uh, the Buffalo-Detroit game. Also, Buffalo on a back-to-back, traveling from home to Detroit. And even though Detroit's won two in a row and Bernier's playing really well, I just have no interest in backing the Detroit Red Wings, which would be the only team I would back in that scenario. Right. right. Uh, I also eliminated the Vancouver-Minnesota game. Vancouver also on a back-to-back. They're on the other side of that scenario. They played in Buffalo last night. They won. Or sorry, during the day yesterday. They won. Now they travel to Minnesota. Um, I just don't like teams on back-to-backs, a uh, second half back-to-backs on the right. road. Are they, are they the favorite? They're the dog. So Minnesota is laying minus 160 which oh, I just, no, no way no no I'm no, putting no, no. I'm putting money on Minnesota uh who's not good I mean that's not a good hockey team right so we've already eliminated those games Nashville is favored on the road in Winnipeg which I think is weird mm. um Nashville's lost four in a row to mm. the Winnipeg Jets and Winnipeg Jets even going back to the playoffs have been sort of Nashville's kryptonite mm-hmm. so I looked at that I thought about it um so you'd like Winnipeg side? I would like Winnipeg side, uh, especially. I mean, they're they're the underdog, but that smells to me. Like I don't know why is that? Like that stinks. I don't get it. Um, I I find it strange. I find that whole line strange. If 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 Winnipeg is a dog and Nashville's a road favorite, given 
where these teams are in the standings. I also don't like Winnipeg coming off a four-game road trip, their first game home. Yeah. Usually teams in their first game home off a long road trip don't play well. So I cross that off the list, dude. So that wow. leaves us with two games. Toronto right? and Pittsburgh? Toronto uh, at Florida and Pittsburgh at Arizona. Uh, Toronto at Florida, dude. Uh, Bobrovsky not playing. Bobrovsky's been bad, so I don't yeah. know if that's even a bonus or not. Toronto's been really good really since good. having their new coach uh, take over. Uh, they have lost two in a row, though, uh, so I find that to be not super exciting. Uh, Pittsburgh and Arizona. Arizona's on their third goalie right now, dude. Yeah. Kemper's hurt. Ronta's hurt. Uh, they're sliding. That has not been a good... Uh, since Taylor Hall's come on board, their season has actually gone backwards. Weird. Sidney Crosby looks like he's coming back tonight. Pittsburgh oh, man. playing extremely well. Pittsburgh Did. minus 120. Ooh. On the road, okay. I picked the Pittsburgh yeah, Penguins like to that. win in Arizona. Would you bet with me if we were in Vegas right now? I would. You would put the money down. What, I would want to know what the Toronto line is, though, too. The Toronto line, I believe, was the same. So I think it was Toronto minus 120. Oh, I'd take that all day. Hmm. I take that all day. No Bobrovsky. They've been hot, but they lost, which takes the pricing down if they've lost two in a row. People think the streak's going to continue. Yeah. Toronto's going to want to write that ship. They're going to be. Yeah. They're going to see an opportunity here. I would like. I like both of those bets, honestly. I think you know. You, you know, I like these Sagarin ratings, the computer ratings. Yeah. Uh, and I was surprised. I mean, Toronto, Toronto's the fifth rated team, and Florida's eighth. So it's not like they're that yeah. far apart. They're, they're not that bad. So, um, given I, I I don't if I were going to pick a side, I would take Toronto in that game, but I think uh, I would bet money on Pittsburgh only. So we'll see, dude. We'll see how we do. It's an interesting idea that we started with general NHL stuff, dude, and in, in talking about the Sharks, uh, which, as I think, was a, a bit of a, a reality check maybe to you and to some other fans that the Sharks are essentially out of the playoffs at this point. And as Kevin Kurz has pointed out, even though they've gone 5-2-2 two, and two in their last nine, they've only gained one spot in the standings. Um, they were 10 points out and now they're nine or eight points out of a playoff position. Sure. So it's not looking like the Sharks are going to make the playoffs. So instead we need to talk about other things, other useful things the Sharks have been doing. And honestly, over the last week, it's been pretty encouraging. They lose to St. Louis, who's the best team in the West, but they lose by only one goal. And then they win the other two games. I mean, that's not, that's not bad. No, dude. I mean, I think the thing that is... Um, and, and you look at their losses, they've all, you know, the, the Capitals loss, we won't recap that again, but you know, they should have won that game, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, they should have won the LA Kings game. I mean, they've been in and around every single game here, right. um, for the last two weeks. I mean, there's definitely been some improvement, uh, too little too late, yes, unfortunately, yes, yes. Uh, and while that's not mathematically certain that they are out, dude, I mean, it is uh, going to be a, a hero's task to, to get back into this. But what I'm looking for as a fan is improvement, right? Right. Is improvement. And, and I think for the team, for them to show Doug Wilson that they deserve to stay together because he's got some big decisions coming up here in the next three weeks. Like, is he going to break this team up or yep. is he going to keep some of these guys around and face signing them to more long-term contracts, which is sort of what we went over and over last week. The problem mm -hmm. around here is that yep. we've got so many guys who've been underperforming on long-term deals. The irony is 
the Sharks played, I think, two of their most complete, responsible, uh, outstanding efforts after their captain broke his ankle. That's right. right? And I don't know, dude, was that a, while they were already had the smelling salts a little bit, was this a even bigger wake-up call to the entire team that, we can we can't expect that we're going to win games six to four. That's right. We need to win games two one three one, which is what they did. Which is what week. they did. And you talked weeks ago about this team not having an identity. It seems like under Bob Bugner, they've started to create an identity. And I think a big part of that identity, as many people have pointed out, is Aaron Dell. And the guy battles between Dude. the pipes. He puts himself out of position sometimes, but he's played extremely well. He was so good last night and against he's played Dallas. Extremely well. So good. And that provides confidence to not only to him, but the rest of the team. And and the way he plays, and I'm sure a goalie coach would probably be able to take apart some of his mechanics because he does sometimes seem to flail around a little bit in the net. Say the same thing about Nabokov. That's right. (laughs) But goalie coaches tend to like quiet goalies physically in the net, which is what Martin Jones is. But in terms of the spirit of the position, Jones is, I mean, Dell is what this team needs right now, which is he's going to battle for every puck. And that's the way the Sharks need to play right now. Because as you said, the cavalry ain't coming. The captain's out. They don't have high-end talent in terms of scoring. They need to win these games by one goal and they can't give up more than two or else they're going to lose. So this is the way this team has to play. And Dell has sort of seized the mantle. Finally, he gets this opportunity and he seized it. And frankly, Jones has not helped himself, right? And, and and that's and that's fine. I mean, like, I that's not a factor anymore, right? I mean, I think the the decision is made. It's yeah. clear. Like, it's it's Aaron Dell. He should play until he can't play anymore. Like, I mean, like that right. should be where we are. If if they have they have built confidence, they're playing like a confident team. You're seeing guys who've been making mistakes chronically throughout the year make fewer and fewer. Um, you know, I, I think. Uh, Carlson Burns was especially good, you know, uh, in this week. And uh, these are issues that needed to be sorted out. Um, And it's encouraging, dude. It's encouraging in a game where I fully expected them to lose last night, that they would not have themselves. I certainly expected Pavelski to score. (laughs) That that they would not have themselves composed. Yeah. And it all started completely wrong, right? I mean, they gave up a goal. In the first two minutes. You know, so quickly. It's like, okay, Kane takes a penalty, and then they score on the power play, and you're like, ah, great. Yeah. (laughs) This is going to be a 5-1 housing, right? Yep. They pulled themselves together. They scored two goals that were not there. They were dirty goals, right? Yep. In and around the net, you know, and it was hard work. The power play looks better. It's been crisper. The way they moved the puck last night on the power play was very dangerous. And the way that they were moving around, it was fun to watch. You go, okay, well, it's a real bummer that it's taken this long long. and maybe the absence of their best player in Logan Couture to get to this point. But okay, we'll take it, right? We'll take it. I mean, like they've woken up. They seem to have figured out um, in a short sample size, albeit, what they need to do to win. Yep. And I'd say the fourth line's contributing to that as well. I mean, it seems like these these guys, Nason yes. and Shellman, they're they're playing the way you expect a fourth line to play, which is not easy to play against, hard-nosed, heavy forecheck, 
Are they going to be flashy around the goal? No, they're not going to be flashy around the goal, but that's not what this you team is. You don't need that to, them to do that, right? I mean, the the fourth lines that we've always been jealous of, St. Louis's, mm-hmm. the... Um, you know, the Vegas fourth line. That's yeah. not what they do. No. They're hard to play against and they're disruptive. And we're starting to see glimpses of yeah. that. They're just annoying. Like you're like, right. oh, it's like you're on the ice and you're the second line. And then you see Ryan Reeves. Or Barbashev, right? Yeah. And you see them hop over the boards and you're like, great. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's what the guys on the ice are probably thinking too. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Right? Right. Like it's annoying. They they are, they are below average skilled players that... Um, are disruptive and can throw you off your game. And that's what the Sharks have lacked on their fourth line, really, (laughs) for all recent memory, right? And, you know, I'm not ready to anoint these guys to be there. And I I don't know that they'll ever ever get there. But the success, the ability to play them, uh, you know, close to 10 minutes a night and roll four lines successfully... Makes a huge difference, dude. And I saw that you highlighted something here in Brent Burns' ice time that I think is interesting. It's really interesting. He was fourth among defensemen in ice time last night. This is a guy who a year or two ago was playing 28 minutes a night. Yeah. Last night he played 19-27 behind Brendan Dillon. Of course, Eric Carlson leads the team again because Eric Carlson had almost three minutes of power play time, but Brent Burns had only 35 seconds of power play time. That's a really interesting statistic. Well, Burns not playing uh, that much shorthanded either. Half Again, half as much as Carlson. That's just a little strange, and maybe there's some sort of reckoning going on here with Bob Bugner and his favorite defenseman who famously helped him get the Norris Trophy a few years ago. Maybe there's a little tough love happening. Uh, I, I don't know if it's tough love. I just might be load management, dude. Like... Brent Burns might have had one of his best games of the year last year, last night. Right. I mean, he he had a goal in in a in a spot that you don't normally see him in. Like he crashed the net. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a goal. He was in on the other goal. He was plus two. He uh, he had four shots. He blocked three shots. Two takeaways. He played really well. Yeah. So maybe that's the answer. I mean, maybe it is. You know, finding. You know, okay. On, let's go back to Thursday, dude, and see what the ice time was on Thursday night. Yeah, because that's interesting. I mean, that, you're right. This may be a load management thing because he is sort of getting up there in age. We're not really thinking about it that way. But I think he's 35 now, right? This is not something that... 25-47, he played a lot against Columbus. He played almost... Uh, he played more than anybody except for Carlson. Carlson played over 26 minutes. And then it went down to well under 20 minutes for the next... Brendan Dill, uh, Vlasic, 18 minutes. Dylan, 17 minutes. So maybe this was just a glitch in the matrix, but maybe there was a real reason behind him playing a lot fewer minutes. And as you said, he certainly produced last night. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I think the Sharks have a pretty solid six guys right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you don't look at the group and go, there's a, a real weak link. Like, there's right. are six NHL-quality defensemen who... You know, <laughs> again, we go back to the ridiculous Shimmick number, right? Mm-hmm. But, and it maybe has less to do with Shimmick and more to do with the fact that it's just roster balance, right? Yeah. yeah. Because the seventh D man is just such a significant step down. Right. Um, that uh, when you're playing six NHL players out there on D, the team plays better. Yeah. That's, that doesn't take a genius <laughs> to jump to that conclusion, right? Right. Although it does look like Radim Shibik is the greatest player in NHL history. <laughs> well, in terms of Sharks chemistry, maybe so. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it, it. 
Dude, I, I know that we're saying playoffs are, are so far out of reach, dude, and, and it really is. Yeah. But it, you look at the other teams in the Pacific, it's not like anybody is running away with this. Thing, I know. They're right? nine points out of first. They're, they're, they're not that far behind. Yeah. They're really not. And Vegas is stumbling. Vegas lost again yep. at home. To Columbus. Like, to Columbus. So, like, it's not like they're this juggernaut. Arizona has not been great since acquiring Taylor Hall and and Calgary has won five in a row but they still are you know minus eight in goal differential how can you be in first place in minus eight goal differential so the, they're crazy they're not uh, you know I, I was listening to the 31 thoughts podcast and they're they were not discussing how great Calgary is they were discussing are they going to trade Johnny Goudreau <laughs> so like you know <laughs> right, I mean right. it, it's not like you've got a team like St. Louis that is you know, if you're in fourth place in the central, like Winnipeg, you're 13 points behind. Yeah. Right. And we're nine points out. And we're nine points out. So, yeah. dude, I mean, I, I it, it's sick and twisted, but it's the fan in me. Yeah. I'm not giving up yet. Like, I think that you, if you see, if, if, the, if the couture injury is what's going to make them all of a sudden decide that they need to play a better team game. Right. Okay, fine. They've got a yeah. re- they've got a tough road trip here this week, dude. Got to go to Arizona. Arizona, you got to figure they they're they're a little chapped right now. Like, but yeah. they're wounded. Yeah, you know yeah. they're they're on their third goalie, and they're having some chemistry issues. Okay, go in there, see if you can outwork them. They're not a great team at home, dude. Like yeah. they're not. They're five hundred team at home. Yeah. Sharks are not a good team on the road, yeah. but they played better on the road this last trip. So can you go to Arizona and get a win? Uh, the The most difficult game is clearly going to be Colorado. Yeah, Colorado's right? tough. Colorado's you know? tough. But, you know, Colorado is not playing well either. They're three and seven in their last 10. Yeah. And they're not great at home either, dude. They're 11 and 10. So maybe, maybe there is some sort of bizarre opportunity here. When the best home team that they're going to play coming up here is Vancouver, yeah, that's no, weird. yeah, that's right. They're fourteen and eight. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, if they can come away with five points somehow, yeah, this week, I'm not ready to pronounce them dead yet. And I think that the rest of the division will soil themselves a little bit. Yeah, if the Sharks start to creep up closer. They're going to pucker because they know. The, the, this team, if they can figure it out, how dangerous they can be. And I mean, and you know, dude, I mean, like on 31 Thoughts, they talked about this. I love this podcast too, the 31 Thoughts podcast, Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick. It's really a good weekly podcast. They said, you know, coaches getting fired, you know, you can say, I won the Jack Adams. And then you look at who won the Jack Adams and you could see that their goalie played great. And you can see who got fired and, and it's, always the their goalie's goalie terrible yeah and the only example they were able to cite was when um uh randy carlisle got filed in anaheim and he had uh gibson yeah other than that yeah uh rene's playing terrible yep and there Saros, goes laviavat and Saros doesn't play much better right so and you know the sharks clearly had some problems goalie problems uh DeBoer was unwilling to go to dell and he got fired mm-hmm. right so you look and and the terrible goaltending in new jersey there goes the New Jersey coach, right? So you look at that, you go, okay, goalie can win you championships or win you coaching awards. It can also get you fired. So better goaltending, Sharks playing better. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, again, not 
rocket science here. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take a genius to figure that, this out. That, that, okay, they're playing a better overall responsible team game, and the goalie's playing better, and look, the Sharks are playing better. Yeah. What? Yeah. Shocking. I'm just looking at the Colorado Avalanche because this is a team that so many people are so high on. This is a team that has the best goal differential in the Western Conference, and yet they're in third place in their division. And you look at their record since the middle of December, they've won only four games, and they've lost a ton. And when they lose, they lose big. They're giving up five goals, six goals, seven goals yeah. here. And when they win, they score five, six, seven goals. But when they lose, they give up five, six, seven goals. So I wonder if they're almost, I mean, and I don't know, I haven't paid a ton of attention, but I wonder if they're also suffering from the opposite effect of the Sharks where they dealt with a lot of big injuries early in the year. Right. And they might have figured out a way to win and compensate without some of their big marquee players. And now that those guys are back, they might be having trouble figuring out how to all play together right now because they haven't been doing it for the majority of the year. So let's hope that they're still struggling uh, when the Sharks go to go there on Thursday. It's it's hard to make sense of what they're doing because they, they beat not a great team in Chicago and then they lose to Chicago and then they beat Vegas big in Vegas in Vegas and then they lose to Minnesota and then they lose to Dallas and then they lose to Winnipeg and then they beat St. Louis big they beat them by four and then they lose to the Islanders and the Rangers yeah so I mean if you're looking at the calendar here dude this actually sets up nicely for the Sharks in Colorado this is a sandwich game where they're sliding in there in between two teams that Colorado is probably way more concerned about Dallas and St. Louis so the Sharks might be able to slide in there right and if they get a win in Arizona playing with some confidence and steal a game in Colorado, I'm talking myself into it. <laughs> Dude, I mean, if you're looking at the scheduling spot, it's exactly what you'd want. Yep. You know, they're going to be very pumped up for a divisional game against Dallas. It's very important. They'll know that St. Louis is coming to town two nights later, and maybe San Jose won't have their full attention if the Sharks are, are playing confidently. That's right. There you go. The only thing is, I hope that honestly, I hope they beat Dallas because that might have them take their foot off the gas. If they're losing, they're coming into the Sharks game losing four straight. I think they're going to be pretty focused. Sure. Well, let's hope for a Colorado win on Tuesday and a Sharks sneaky win on Thursday. Dude, it's it's surprising that we lose the captain. The Sharks appear to be out of a playoff position, and there's a sense of optimism here on this podcast. <laughs> I know. I, it's it's based on the performance on the ice, dude. I mean, these have been the two most consistent games I'd say that we've seen recently with results following. Um, overall team game, overall effort. Um, you know, they they could have folded in both of these games at the end when both teams put on a heavy press at the end. Yep. They didn't. Uh, the Sharks controlled the end of the game last night after the Stars pulled their goalie. And what was it? A very emotional night you yeah, know, for the yeah. Sharks and for everybody in the tank. And I, I fully expected them to lose. Like, I just didn't oh, yeah. think this oh, yeah. year's version of the Sharks would be able to get up for it. And they did. I love that Patrick Marlowe kind of stole the spotlight last night and um, looked very effective. And uh, a great tribute for Joe Pavelski, who is not having a great year. No, he is for the not. Dallas Stars. No, he's not even. He's projected to have far under twenty goals, not thirty or forty like he has scored with the Sharks before. So he's tailed off, and I'm sure there's, you know, I'm sure that the people in the locker room feel his absence. But it seems like, at least purely from a statistical standpoint, the Sharks might have made the right call in not re-signing him. Of course, that's not to say he's not a great player and he's not a great person, but geez, 
He's got eight goals and ten assists for eighteen points in forty-five games. That's not a great. That's not I mean, a great he's line. Projected to have thirty-three points, dude. Yeah, like that's not a seven million dollar player. Now, would he be having that same output on the Sharks? I don't know. I mean, I it's possible. I don't watch enough Dallas Stars right. hockey to know if they utilize him the same way the Sharks utilized him. Right. That's um, right. He did play eighteen minutes last night. It's interesting that that's the 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 most that he played in the last four games. I think probably uh, Rick Bonus was giving him a little bit of extra run, of course, you know, in San Jose to get him out there and hopefully get him a goal. Didn't happen, um, you know. Well, dude, things are looking okay right now, and and they've got a at least they got a couple tough games here this week, but. I think the Sharks can pull it together if they know what they're doing. If Dell stays strong in net, he's had a great run here. And let's if he can continue it and build that momentum as starting goalies tend to do, getting that sort of rhythm of playing every other night and knowing what he's supposed to do. And now the team is starting to trust him a little bit. Let's see some wins. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, we, we talked last week about how if the Sharks continue to skid backwards that, you know, Doug Wilson will probably have his eye on uh, other coaches who might be able to come in and take over this team next year and lo and behold you know just a, a day or two later Peter Laviolette fired right in Nashville who I think was probably at the top of our list of of coaches who we thought might be a good fit uh you know we've talked about him in the past where there have been coaching op- uh, coach opening here um and you know this is uh, an important stretch here for not just the players Yep. to make the case that they deserve to stay together. It's an audition uh, for Aaron Darrell and an audition for Bob Bugner. It's an audition for Bob Bugner, an audition for his staff to uh, to try and keep this gig. You know, whether or not the Sharks make the playoffs this year, I mean, what will be fully unacceptable is they finish in the bottom third, you know, of the NHL. You know, I think if they can make a, a good run and try and get as close as they can and go, hey, you know what? We really fumbled the first half of this year, but we played well and we were one of the top teams in the NHL for the second half. I mean, that's going to make for some really tough decisions for Doug Wilson because then he's going to have to decide, you know, do I keep Brendan Dillon? He's an important part of this team. Do I keep Kevin LeBanc? Do I keep Melker Carlson? Right. You know, or, you know, those are the three uh, players that at the deadline probably are the ones that could fetch you some some draft picks or young players, or am I going to cash out like like they did the year when the Sharks traded Douglas Murray and Ryan Clough? That's right. You know, these are the decisions that are coming. Mm-hmm. And the Sharks need to make it difficult on Doug Wilson to, to make those choices. Yep. Because I'd say two weeks ago, it wasn't very hard. It was going to be... <laughs> that was an easy call. Uh, an easy call. You yeah. know, that, you know, okay, we're just going to... We're going to get rid of whatever isn't an essential part of the core. Right, right. Well, dude... Let's see if they can keep it going. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.